Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. If you would have bought Apple stock in 1995 and spent around $3,000, you would have somewhere around $14 million today. That's not too shabby. And maybe you missed the opportunity with Apple, but what about the future Apples? How do you find them? What are you looking for? And how much should you invest? These questions and more in today's episode with Jeremy Newsom. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome, welcome, friend. I am so excited to have you here for this episode. 
we are talking investing. And now I've done a lot of episodes on investing and they're all amazing. There are gems in every episode for sure. But this episode, wow, (laughs) the whole 30 minutes is an exercise in expanding your brain. Jeremy's advice is original, thought-provoking, and best yet, I think it's really attainable. In fact, he shares why investing in what you know is the way to true wealth. Where do you love to shop? What products do you use often? What media platforms are you watching? These are all investing potentials. In the intro, I share this story about investing $3,000 into Apple in 1995 and what it would be worth today. Well, that's Jeremy's story, minus a few zeros, but I'll let him explain more. Jeremy is on a mission to enrich lives with mentally liberating education. Since age seven, he has been fascinated with investing and growth, and that's what led him to start real-life trading in 2014. This starting point has allowed him to assist and enrich tens of thousands of lives, and you are going to be transformed by this episode. Your investing practice is going to look very different after you listen. I am so thrilled to share this episode with you. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, and this is Millennial Money. Jeremy, I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast. I am very jealous because I learned that you're somewhere tropical, and I am not. So you are living for all of us right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's an honor and privilege to be here. I appreciate you taking all the time and energy to make this connection happen. You have such a cool story, and I want you to roll up our sleeves and get into it. You shared something that I just, I have to ask you straight off the bat. You shared the story that you you started your love for business and growth at the age of seven after watching Forrest Gump, which is one of my favorite movies. And you talked yeah. about that scene where Forrest said, Lieutenant Dan invested in some fruit company, and now we don't have to worry about money anymore. And I mean, what a great investing story. So tell me a bit about the scene. Like, What got you thinking at age seven and thinking, I want to do this? You know, that's... It's a good question. And ironically enough, it was a really deep part of my childhood. Like this was, this was a main memory that came to fruition after that film, because I kind of just related to Forrest. Like I was always a little bit of a weird kid. People always thought I was a little strange. I always had like a, you know, a strange energy and just excitable and very happy all the time. People just thought I was strange. So I just kind of generally related to him and to his, his little bit of his struggles but when he was not worrying about money anymore, right? Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing that happened after that scene was he actually went to build schools. He built a hospital. He built a church. And he got Bubba's mom you know, to retire and no longer have to work anymore and had someone work for her. And it was that act of generosity and that love and that fulfillment and that massive abundant space I thought was so cool. And it just resonated to my core as a kid. And generally most children are kind of like that, at least in my viewpoint of the world, a lot of young adults, all they want to do until they're probably, I don't know, in their teenage years, when they're six and seven, they just want to provide for their family. Like if you ask a seven-year-old, what would you do if you had, you know, a gajillion dollars, wherever, whatever their currency unit is at the time, they're like, I want to give my mom, my dad, all the money so they don't have to work anymore. So they can just spend time with me. They're they're just very beautiful. eye open we don't have to worry about, we don't have to struggle. We can just have, and that's such a cool mindset to have. I think that's just kind of what imparted on me in that film, ironically enough. Yeah. You talk about mindset and it's something I share a lot about on this show because I really believe and know that it is so powerful, especially when it comes to money. And you've also shared that you grew up, uh, without a lot of abundance. And I'm just curious, how did that shape your money mindset? How did that maybe change the ways you think and feel about money? It was, I mean, it had a massive impact. All children learn from their parents. Even if we don't necessarily want to, we always learn things from them and it can be good things. It can be bad things. And from my, my dad actually had a saying, I didn't really realize until probably a few years ago, it actually fully meant, but he, he said, a dollar, uh, a penny wise and a dollar foolish. So mm-hmm. that saying that he used very frequently kind of came into conjunction of 
he knew how to save money extremely well, but he didn't know how to spend money. Most individuals to a, to a degree oftentimes know how to save money, even though they might not. They, they generally know how. Okay, I don't have to go out and eat dinner every single night, or I don't have to go to Starbucks every single day, or I can drive less or you know turn the lights off when I leave the room or turn the AC down so it's not cold. You know, even though you have an AC, like that's what my dad did. Like he, he got an AC. I didn't have an AC until I was 12. I didn't even know what an AC was. Um, wow. And then when I was like, I first felt an AC, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> You're but, like, what am I been missing? I know, but my dad got a raise at his job and he eventually got an AC when we were like 14 at my, uh, my house in Florida. Uh, we, when oh we moved, we moved from Georgia to Florida. Yeah. And got this AC and then he didn't use it. Like he put it on 78, 79, <laughs> barely ever used it. I was like, what is this AC for? So I promised, I was like, dad, if I ever get enough money, I'm going to buy an AC. <laughs> I'm going to put it on. <laughs> it's going to be on 70 every second of the day. And I'm looking at my AC right now. It is 70 degrees in this room. Like I like nice. cold weather. That strange, like tiny, tiny instances of life, Shanna, I think have such huge influences on people because again, a lot of us know how to save money, but very, very few people know how to spend money correctly because that's how money grows. Money loves to work. It likes to do Mm. things. It likes to provide and to create and to build. And so if you're always saving it, trying to protect it from working, it has a hard time growing. And that's all money wants to do is grow and expand. Yeah. So thinking about that, kind of piggybacking on that, like how how can we spend our money wisely then? I think we have to invest it in some type of uh, uh, appreciating asset. What most individuals commonly do initially is they buy a house. And the ironic part is, yeah, houses can be a good investment, but generally they are a liability from a purest form of, is it creating you cash flow? If you have to spend money every single month to keep something around, it's a liability. It's not an asset. An asset literally makes you money without having to do much work on a frequent basis. And that sounds like a weird concept, but for some people, like if you buy a house and you rent it out Airbnb or you have people come over uh, and you know spend money to do whatever, like you can use and turn your house into an asset for sure. It just does become a little bit of a challenge. That's what most people do is they buy real estate. I think people should invest into stocks. I think it's an incredible asset. It's so fluid. It's so liquid. And it's really easy. You see, a lot of people understand real estate, Shanna, because everyone's always lived somewhere. They've they've always lived in a house. So real estate's been around forever. The U.S. stock market's been around for like 120 years. So if your great-grandfather or grandmother didn't teach your grand or grandmother or mother or dad about it, they don't know, you don't know. And it's such a new invention that very few people truly understand how it works, understand its concepts, its mysteries it's caverns, if you will. And the more people who learn about it, the more people that can become knowledgeable to the way that their money can work for them rather than they work for their money. Yeah. And I want to go back to, to 1995, where you share the story about, about Apple stock and how you convinced your dad to ante up half the money and you anteed up half the money to put $3,000 into Apple stock, how did you even have the like intuition or the, you know, the forward thinking to think, okay, like Apple is this thing that is going to be hot and I need to buy stock. Like, where did that all come from? (laughs) Well, that's what's cool is my dad actually was the one who explained it. Because again, the part in the movie in Forrest Gump that you mentioned, he said, Lieutenant Dan invested in a fruit company and we didn't have to worry about money anymore. So I asked my dad, what is the fruit company? What is investing? And he told me about <laughs> Apple. I was like, that is, you know, that's so cool, dad. Like, go and, go do that. Do exactly what Forrest Gump did. And then my dad literally says, this is a movie, right? This is fiction. It doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. so he started coming up with these beliefs, these limiting beliefs about what he could do and what we could do together. And uh, he even came up with the very famous famous term. You know, I can't just go out and like get money, son. Money doesn't just grow on trees. I can't just go out and get money and go buy Apple stock. So yeah, I begged him for months. You know, I was like, come on, dad, like Forrest Gump did it. You need to do <laughs> we it. We can do it. Let, yeah. Let's make this happen. 
And so he eventually, yeah, kind of like folded in and said, listen, you bring me some money and I'll match it dollar for dollar. Well, I didn't have the intuition. I didn't have anything. The only thing I did have was time. And as a six-year-old, I think a lot of us have time. A lot of us have time now. Everyone has time. I went and picked blackberries and put them in a Ziploc bag and sold them door to door for a dollar a bag, which ironically, I mean, that's undercutting the market value a lot. Right. <laughs> like blackberries at the time, like $5 a bag uh, at the grocery store. So selling them for a dollar, not only were they handpicked and like you had the six-year-old with no shoes and no shirt selling you blackberries, but they're also cheaper than you're going to get at the store. So it was like a no brainer for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I liked that you uh, were selling one fruit to go buy another fruit per se. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, that didn't even like register. It didn't even register. That was the only thing I knew how to do is I knew that people were nice. So I lived in this inherent world where just people are kind to everybody. And so I went up to the doors, knocked on the doors, sold them a Blackberry. They gave me money. And that summer in 1994, I made uh, 1500 bucks selling blackberries. And wow. yeah. And then I brought $1,500 to my dad and he was like blown away and ended up having to borrow $1,500 from my uncle. And yeah, so we bought $3,000 with Apple in 1994. And that investment right now is worth about $16.3 million. Um, I did obviously sell it $16.2 million ago, <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it was a fact that it happened and that I was just a child and, and it, it goes to show you, you don't have to have tons and tons of knowledge or like you mentioned, intuition. Sometimes it's just you invest in what you know, you invest in what you use, what you like, what you enjoy. Um, an example, Shanna, do you use Yeti, like the cups at all? I do. Yes. So a really interesting thing, that particular stock, just since COVID, what do you think it did? Has it gone up or down? I would think it's gone. Gosh, now this is a tricky question because it could go either way. It I could. think it's gone. Yeah. I think it's gone down. Why? Because people have been primarily in their house. Yep. Haven't been going out to like the beach or you know, concerts or different things like that, where you might take it with you, maybe even on hikes. I don't know. Yeah. That's, those are all very, very good points, but you're, uh, you're absolutely correct. People are staying at home or did stay at home more. And since they stay at home more, they want their ice and their water colder for longer. So uh, yeah, yes. really I weird. knew there was a, I knew there was a twist here. <laughs> yeah. But it, so Yeti's up 360%. Wow. In the last in the last year. Now that that's insane. It's like whatever cup someone bought. Let's let's say you spent $120 in Yeti cups. Not you specifically, but just like the broader right. audience. If you spend $120 in Yeti, those cups are now worth whatever. Like if you tried to sell them to someone else, you probably couldn't. Yeah. They're used, you know, items. So they're I identically worthless, essentially, or you couldn't get much for them. But if you took that same $120 that you bought the cups for and bought Apple or Yeti or you know Wayfair, for example, all these people redoing their houses, Netflix, Roku. Um, if you invested in some of these companies that uh, you know are going to do better over the long term, you would have tripled or quadrupled your money without having to do anything in a year. And now, you know, two hundred dollars or one hundred and twenty dollars became four hundred and twenty dollars, and you can spend one hundred and twenty dollars, go buy your Yeti cups now essentially for free and still have 300 dollars left over to do whatever you want to with that's the power of investing okay friend i want to know what are your money goals this year are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical if that's you please please take me with you or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. 
And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work, and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. 
Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. We even asked Shauna from Josephine, and Josephine says, Hey, Shauna, thanks so much for the show. I love all the episodes. I'm learning so much that I really feel like I can show off in front of my friends and family members. In fact, I've even shared some of the money tips that have been on the show recently and practically blown the mind of some of my friend and family members. So I can't thank you enough for that. But more importantly, I'm learning the information and I'm using it for my own finances and things are really starting to shift. After 10 years of not knowing what to do with my money, I finally now have some steps to take and I'm actually seeing change. It's like, no way this stuff really works. So thank you so much, Shauna. Really appreciate it. I do have a quick question about emergency fund. I know that we're somewhere around the middle of the year and my emergency fund has taken a little bit of a hit this year and I'm trying to figure out how I should frame this in my mind. Is my emergency fund supposed to be something that ebbs and flows or am I supposed to save three to six months of expenses and just never touch that money unless I get laid off from my job or maybe something happens with my car or my health. So I'd really appreciate a little help. I do understand the importance of the emergency fund, and I really understand after last year why this is so important, but just need a little advice on how to frame it in my mind. Thank you so much. You rock. Keep this podcast going forever. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Josephine. This has been uh, so great to hear from you. I love hearing from Any listener, if you're listening right now, you have a story to share, good or not good, you have a question, please just head to the show notes. There's an Ask Shauna link. You can always remain anonymous, but I love that we as a community can learn from one another. So keep your questions coming. This is a great question, and I get asked this a lot. Uh, yeah, we understand the importance of emergency fund. I think especially after last year, there's it's no joke that we need some money set aside because we just never know what is going to happen. An emergency fund is supposed to ebb and flow. And I think that what happens is, especially as we maybe save a month of our expenses and then maybe we owe two months, our brain starts to take over and we start to think, I can't dip into that money because I'm trying to save to three to six months or whatever that number is for you that feels really comfortable. And once I hit that mark, then it's like, okay, I've done that. I can check that off my box. But I think it's a little backwards way of thinking about your emergency fund. It really is supposed to be this account where, yes, the goal is to have three to six months of your expenses saved. However, life just happens to happen. And so I find myself even going into my emergency fund, pulling money out, maybe when my car breaks down or I don't know, just something happens and you have to pay for an unexpected expense. And then the goal is then, okay, I spend the next month or so replenishing my emergency fund. So I want you to think of it as something that is fluid, right? Money needs to have a flow. We need to think about how money flows in and flows out. And the same thing with our emergency fund. Investing a little bit different, you know, when we set up our investing accounts, we want to keep money in so that it keeps growing and keeps compounding. But the emergency fund is just this comfortable stash that we have on the side. And sometimes we need to dip into it and sometimes we don't. So you'll kind of hit those goals. Maybe your goal is three months of of, uh, savings for expenses. Maybe you hit that goal and maybe that account stays there for a few months and then you need to dip into it. Okay, dip into it, then replenish it, right? So it's, it's something that is just this constant flow. But that's a really great question, Josephine, right? And we wanna always make sure that we're not say hitting that three month mark, okay, I've got three months and I've got six months and then I've got nine months saved. Now I've got a year saved and now I'm on a year and a half savings, right? There's some tipping point where we need to say, okay, 
emergency fund, good, check. Now I need to focus on investing or some of my other money goals so I can really build wealth. So I hope that helped you kind of frame that question. It's a great question. Thank you so much for sending it in. And I wish you all the continued success. You've done this, not me. You listened, you put in the work. And the fact that you're starting to see it show, I think is just so freaking fantastic. Are you still with me? I hope so, because Jeremy has saved some of his best tips for the rest of this episode. So take a bathroom break, grab a beverage, and get ready to change the way you think about investing. Let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Like, that's a great example. Thank you for walking us through that. Yeah, So sure. I'm, I, I'm thinking for everybody listening to this, because I know this is a question that comes up often is... So we now know, obviously, how great Yeti or Apple, we now know how great those stocks have done. But how do we, as just normal people out here living our lives, like, how do we figure out what to, what stocks to invest in, what stocks not? Like, what companies are going to move, what companies are not? Mm -hmm. Like, is there a way to stay on top of things without it being our full-time job? Oh, that's such a good question. I like the word full-time job. Because we all, we all have jobs. We all work. We all want to do things and create value for the world. My answer to that question is essentially be as smart as you want to be. Meaning mm. sit down for 10 minutes a month on like a Saturday and just look around your kitchen and go, what do I spend most of my money on? Like where does, where does my money go? What do I, what do I use? What products do I purchase frequently and go try to get discounts at those places by buying the stock, right? Like that, that's simple. So imagine you're looking yeah. at your, your credit card receipt and you're like, wow, I've spent $500 in Costco this year or month or week, depending on your household income, I guess. But Costco, you know, great stock, but since March, not a last year, but this year, so March five months ago, mm, Costco has right. gone up 25%. You know, so if you bought 125 bucks worth of Costco, you know, you're up 25% and you now get a 25% discount at Costco, essentially. Um, mm. If you use, yeah. uh, if you have a Roku TV, if you use Apple, it doesn't have to be a company that is brand new that you've never heard about. Generally, I actually try to shy away from those because you're absolutely correct. Those do take more work and research and time. But man, like like MasterCard, just MasterCard is up, you know, eighty five percent in the last year. Visa wow. is up ninety five percent. PayPal is up one hundred and twenty percent. Tesla's up some ungodly like nine hundred percent. And it's just companies and cars and things that I think that people are intrigued by. So it's also in that ten minutes once a month you sit down and just kind of review what you purchase and what you use all the time. Then you want to ask, what's cool, right? What do kids like? Mm -hmm. What do my kids mm -hmm. like? What do they use? What video games do they play? What are they interested in? Like, what do people demand? What do people think are intriguing? And have you heard, have you heard of the company Roblox? I haven't, no. Do you, do you um, so I have a, an 11 year old and he plays uh, Roblox, which is like this video game. Oh, I've yeah. played it. Yeah, I've played it once. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a video <laughs> game guy, but. I get that he's so interested in it. And there are literally a billion kids that play this game daily. Okay. So like every child on, on planet earth plays this game like once a day, it's people love it. So Roblox comes out on the stock market. I buy some at 65 and sell it at a hundred a month and a half later. Wow. Yeah. And so again, I didn't, it wasn't a huge investment. It wasn't like I took all my money and put it into the Roblox. I could have, I didn't, but the, the simple fact is I'm not smart. I said, okay, my 11 year old son, Gabriel, Gabriel plays this thing. Kids like this thing. I'm going to buy that thing to try to get some of my money back so that I don't have to spend money for him to play. I can spend asset for him mm. to, to play this game. So how do you then figure out like, where is your entry point and where is your exit point? I mean, obviously I think it, 
it's going to differ, right? Depending on what I'm investing in. But how do you set those parameters? Ooh, what a good question. <laughs> yes. I think it's, it's, it's as, as easy as picking some kind of cool number and just going with that. I know that sounds really basic, but don't overthink it. I think there's two categories to the stock market. I think there's short-term active trading, which is kind of like in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, um, which requires, I think, a little bit more, probably a little bit more time, a little bit more focus, a little bit more energy. But then there's like longer-term investing where you can just buy it and go, okay, this is what I'm trying to achieve with this purchase. So in the example of um, Gabriel's Roblox habit, I looked over and tried to figure out how much money we spent on this game for him over the course of a year. And it wasn't astronomical, but you know, right, right. I do spoil him a little bit. So it was like 300 bucks <laughs> for that, for that year, $300. That was how much we had given him to play that game. And I said, all right, I want to make $300 plus interest plus taxes, you know, all the things. So I did some calculations and I was like, okay, if I buy a hundred shares of Roblox at 65, it would cost me 6,500 US dollars. And then I'm just going to hold it until it goes to a hundred. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't ever, I don't know. But if it goes to a hundred, then I'll make $3,500 and that'll absolutely more than pay for everything that we've paid for him. That'll give me interest and help my investments. And that's kind of, in essence, the only thing that I do. And I think for a lot of individuals, our goal should be to chip away at either debt or some, something else that might stress yeah. us out uh, with our finances. Come up with some very, very small, easy, obtainable numbers at first. Let's say you have a, um, a health bill that you're like, man, I'd really like to pay off this health bill. And there's only $800 left on it. And it just keeps annoying the heck out of me. So I'm going to take this trade. I'm going to buy this stock. and when I make $800, if I make $800, I'm going to sell it and pay off that bill. It's like, okay, cool. And then once the $800 is paid off, then your mind becomes a little bit more at ease. Stress reduces. You're not as annoyed anymore, which means you're going to live a happier life. You live a happier life. You're going to become richer. It's just the way it works. So then you find another bill. Okay, cool. This is a credit card bill. I have $1,400 in my credit card statement. I need to pay this off. So again, do the exact same thing. You go out and you're like, all right, what's what company do I use a lot? Oh, wow. I'm on Twitter all the time. Okay. So you buy Twitter. Um, this is a real example, by the way. You buy Twitter a month ago for $50 and right now it's at $63. So if you had bought 10 shares, you're up 130 US dollars with just 10 shares. Right. You bought 100 shares, you're up $1,300. It's like, that's crazy. Um, 100 shares, that investment on Twitter, two months make 1300 bucks, bang, pay off that credit card bill. And just the process begins from there. So that's act, generally my answer is find things that you want to pay off and start chipping away at them. And don't overthink it. Don't overstress about it. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world to make money trading the stock market. I love this strategy. I think it feels like really tangible. So I'm also thinking about like what happens if you buy at 65 and it dips down to 40 how what's your sort of decision rationale at that point? Are you waiting to see what happens? Are you cutting your losses? Like how do you do it when it goes the other way? Yeah, very valid question. Very valid question. And my answer to that is it's going to depend on if it is a longer term investment or again, just like a really, really quick in and out trade. For most individuals, my answer is you will never buy the bottom. So whatever price you do buy in the stock market, like let's say you buy it at 50, it'll always go lower than whatever number you're buying it at. And when you sell it, it'll always go a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. If you are buying a good company and a good product and you've done even 17 seconds of research, <laughs> I think the best answer is generally hold it. It probably will go higher. Um, however, you can come up with a pretty easy mathematical equation, kind of like you mentioned, if you buy um, buy Twitter at 50 and it's at 40, you want to get out. That's only a $10 risk. So you go, okay, I'm willing to risk $10, but what's the other side of that equation? I will not sell it until it goes up to 65 or higher. So I'll risk 10 mm -hmm. to make 15 or I'll risk 10 to make 20 or 25. So if you do have a level of 
the, the number in your mind that you want to exit at, you can have that in the stock market. It's called a stop loss. So you create a stop loss. If the stock goes below this price, boop, you get out. No big deal. Okay, you lost a little bit of money. That's fine. That's why it's not gambling. That's why it's two totally different things. In gambling, which I, I do like to gamble, full disclosure, um, <laughs> I, 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 like going to, I like going to Vegas and playing roulette tables every now and then. I lose like 100 bucks and like that's it. But if I put in $100 on red and the roulette hits black, I lose $100. But if I put $100 into any stock, the very next day, I can make that determination if I want to buy it, buy more, if I want to sell, cut my losses, if I want to sell and take my profit. But I've never personally known of any stock ever where you can buy it on one day and the very next day, poof, it's gone. It's gone to zero. It's bankrupt. Like you lost all of your money. Right, right. Um, I've definitely seen situations where you can lose a lot overnight and it's a very, very rare event. But when it does happen, it's generally on really garbage companies that you've never use their products. You've never interacted with their, their customer service. You've never bought anything from them. They're just a rando thing that you heard on the internet that one of your buddies told you about and you don't know anything about it. So you bought it and yeah, it went down and you lost a bunch of money because you don't know what it does. But if you're buying companies like Snapchat that your kids are probably all using on a day-to-day basis, if you bought Snapchat in November at 40, now it's at 62, you know, it's like, there are times where it's just better to hold if you really trust the company and you believe in the product, but you can absolutely create stop losses and have a really easy risk mitigation profile for any trade you want to get into. So I'm super curious, what are your thoughts on all of the like meme stocks that have gone crazy lately, like GameStop mm-hmm. and all of those, you know, it feels like, especially with social media, TikTok, whatever it might be, there's a lot of financial, we're not going to use the word advice, <laughs> but a lot of stuff kind of floating around where I think if you're a new investor, you may get into it really easy and maybe you don't understand risk versus return or how it works or what it is. I'm, I'm just super curious, like what your thoughts are on on those types of things. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um So my answer on those to some degree is the more you start trading and investing, the more research you should do on the topic. I think it's something that I can make it sound very easy and simple, and it is. But at the same degree, it's the most powerful monetary force on planet Earth is the stock market. So if you don't understand it or you don't like it or you don't want to understand it, That's just a limiting belief that you have somewhere in your mind that's protecting you initially, but you need to go break through that limiting belief and try to study, read a book, watch a course, learn about this. Because one of my sayings is, if it has a chart, it has a heart. If you Mm. can visually look at any investment before you get into it, you can find out if it's a good idea or not. And GameStop and AMC ironically enough, were actually really, really good setups. I didn't make any money off of either one of those positions, but that's because it breaks one of my primary rules. I don't use the product. I never go to GameStop ever. So I don't shop there. I know exactly what it is, but I don't use their product at all. So I don't buy the company. Same thing with AMC. Like I don't really go to the movie theaters at least anymore. So I didn't, I didn't buy any, I didn't interact with its customers, its products, its anything. So I didn't buy it. So I missed out on that move. But every one of us does have the ability to visually identify if a setup or a trade or a company is a good company to trade. And with really good risk mitigation, absolutely anything can be traded. Bitcoin, Ethereum, AMC, Dogecoin, or GameStop. We can all make money on these random, random things if we know what we're doing, if we've researched, if we've taken the time to study it. It's a phenomenal law of the universe that the more you study anything, the more you attract that thing. Mm, Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, I could give so many examples in my own life. So yeah, I mean, that needs an exclamation point. Uh, I mean, I know you, you, you teach this at your, at your training, uh, your trading classes. And, uh, you know, I would imagine that part of your stories that you help all of us become more knowledgeable about this. But when you say like, we could all just kind of visually look at something, is that like a chart we're looking at or a number we're looking at? Like, what are we looking at? 
Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of both. It's kind of like a, it's, it's more of a chart. Um, you're able to kind of just visually see, are you buying it high? Are you buying it low? Being able to identify something called candlestick patterns. There's actually visual interpretations of how a stock moves throughout the day or the week or the month. They kind of give yeah. you a little bit more insight onto what it's about to do. That insight's not perfect, but it gives you a higher probability. And if you can have a higher probability, then like, why not? Like, why not? If you can yeah. make money 85% of the time, keep doing it. And when the 15% that you're wrong, just lose a little bit and that's okay. I like that. I like that. So yeah. do you have any like great tools for us? Anything you would recommend? Like where's the best place we we trade at? Any Anything like that? Tons of great tools. So my website is called reallifetrading.com. This is not a sales pitch because it's actually free. All the content, all the information, anyone can go and access it at any time. And uh, I created the content for free because I really feel like more people need to understand how this system works, how this amazing money application can bring abundance and wealth into our lives. But then simultaneously, there is a company out there called Robinhood, you know, like Robinhood Men and yeah. Tights. It, it's a great <laughs> platform and it's gotten a little bit of hate over the years uh, with some small things, but every, I mean, who doesn't like at one point people hate Apple or Tesla. Like there's always big name companies that get a little bit of hate at some point, but Robinhood's very, very good for brand new beginner traders. It's extremely easy to use. Um, I wouldn't suggest putting insane amounts of capital in there, at least to start off with, but anyone who uses Robinhood can have the ability to actively trade the market you know, once a week, once a month for extremely low, if any fees at all, generally it's zero fees. And then they have hands-on access to trade anything they want. Uh, that's a really, really cool application. And then for visually identifying what companies are about to do, oh man, there's a million different tools. You can use Yahoo Finance. I mean, that's very, very popular. I have a company that I use called Trend Spider. Uh, it kind of helps you automatically chart and visualize what something's about to do based on algorithms, all mm -hmm. kinds of fun things out there, but I definitely will cover that in all of my free courses. If anybody would like to check those out. Oh, I like that. Okay. I mean, you got to love a good, good tool. So yes. <laughs> to, to wrap up, I, you've given us so much information, so it's even, uh, greedy of me to ask this question one more time, but I love to end every episode with something actionable, a tip, idea, strategy, tool, mindset. So what is something that you really want all the Millennium Money listeners, what do you want them to walk away with? Whether it's it's trading, trading or mindset or, or an actionable item, what would you leave us with? My opinion would be go directly invest into the U.S. stock market. That's a big actionable item. You are smart enough. You are rich enough. You have time. All three of those things that we will say to ourselves are just, they're great excuses, but that's what they are. They are excuses. Like you can have $3 and you can invest in the stock market. You can go buy a company that I really like a lot. It's called Upwork, UPWK. Upwork is a company that I use on a weekly basis. I know exactly how they make money. I interact with their products all the time. I'm a big fan. And I think if other individuals are interested in like e-commerce and websites and um, hiring professionals to do their work, Upwork is a great company to do that. So anyway, long story short, people can use Upwork. They can invest directly in it. Um, it's a, a very small company that's going to grow to an outstandingly large one. And if you use Robinhood to invest into a company like Upwork, you can do that on a weekly, daily, monthly basis, and you can slowly begin to accumulate your wealth. It's about studying. It's about knowledge, but it's about taking the action. Like you said, that actionable item is just start. Les Brown said, you got to start in order to start. So take $3, right? Buy a fraction of a share of Upwork right now, it's at $53 a share. Buy a very small fraction of it for free and then just keep adding to that over time. See your money grow for you and then start studying and taking an hour out of your week to learn about how this stuff works. It's so great. Jeremy, this has been fantastic. Tell everyone where they can go to learn more about you and find out about real life trading. 
Yes, Shanna, I've been so jacked up about this. I was waiting for weeks. I'm just thrilled again. Thank you for having me. I have a podcast out. It's called Broke to Woke. If people want to hear a little bit more about my journey, me and my business partner, Brittany Turner, we kind of go through the whole gambit of success and failures, mostly failures, <laughs> and just <laughs> share and share those. Um, so check us out. Check me out there. My website is reallifetrading.com. You can Google me. I mean, just because of social media, like you can type in my name. It's with two R's, Jeremy Newsom. The reason it has two R's, Shanna. So my dad, I know you have two N's. My dad's name is Jerry. So my name is Jerry and me, Jeremy. That's how that uh, came to fruition. Like yeah, it. anyway. Like so you can do jeremynewsome.com. However you want to get a hold of me, wherever you want to get a hold of me, I'm happy to respond and assist with any of your listeners because I think you have an incredible product and you really are out there to help people. I have to tell you, after this episode, I went over to Jeremy's platform, Real Life Trading, and I took the free beginner investing course. And I learned more in that course than I did in some really expensive investing courses. It's like the clouds cleared for me and I finally understood things that I never understood before. And seriously, he should be charging for this education. He knows it. He says it many times. But take advantage of it. I get absolutely nothing from telling you that this was amazing, except that I want you to be able to take advantage of this training as well. Jeremy's heart is in the right place and he really does want all of us to succeed. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a few friends right now that you think is also really interested in investing. You can also head to our show notes for all the links to Jeremy as well as our episode sponsors. And be sure to hit the follow button in any podcast player you're listening to this episode right now so you never miss a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.